What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, coming at you with round three NHL Stanley Cup playoff predictions for 2017. Round two just ended last night with a pair of thrilling game sevens that came down to the wire. Congratulations to both Pittsburgh and Anaheim for winning those game sevens. Moving on to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, which is what we're going to talk about in this video. And in this video, we're also going to drop dime on some Con Smythe favorites. Start the Con Smythe conversation now that two full rounds are done. Get it? Got it? Good? Let's get started. As you may remember, I was 5-3 and three predicting the series in round one. I was only 2-2 two and two in round two, correctly predicting series wins by Pittsburgh and Anaheim, who won last night, which means going into last night, I was 0-2 and, and not in a very comfortable place in terms of where the predictions went. I incorrectly told you to take both the New York Rangers and the St. Louis Blues to win their series. Those did not work out. Congratulations to the Nashville Predators, the ultimate underdogs in these playoffs, as well as the Ottawa Senators for winning those series to move on to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We've got two incredible Conference Finals matchups. But before we get into talking about those, why don't we talk a little Con Smythe? It's always fun to kind of start the speculation a little bit early. We generally know at this point that whatever team wins the Stanley Cup, the Con Smythe winner is going to probably come from that team. Of course, I think believe that it was Jean Sebastian Jaguer being the exception that proves the rule. But let's talk about it because every team going into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals seems like they have a pretty legitimate top contender or even multiple top contenders to potentially win the Con Smythe. Obviously, if you're talking about Conn Smythe contenders, you start right at the top. The leading scorer in these playoffs, Evgeny Malkin, 18 points in 12 games for the Penguins. He's got to be the consensus number one right now, especially if Pittsburgh goes on to repeat as Stanley Cup champion. You got to imagine Malkin, certainly at this point, is a lock to win the Conn Smythe. On Ottawa's side, obviously, it's Eric Carlson. He's over a point a game right now. Again, incredible for a defenseman. And really, in terms of the value to the team, Ottawa as a team is minus seven in these playoffs without Eric Carlson on the ice. With him on the ice, they're a plus eight. But as soon as he hits the bench, Ottawa's a completely different team. They're not playing up to par so far in these playoffs. That's probably Eric Carlson's best case above being a point-of-game player. That's got to be his best case, I would say, for winning the Conn Smythe. And if Ottawa wins the Stanley Cup, well then, absolutely, Eric Carlson's going to be the Conn Smythe winner. As an aside, since I last joined you, I made a, a bit of a bet per se, but not necessarily a bet, basically just a proclamation, I guess, on Facebook that if either the Edmonton Oilers or the Ottawa Senators won the Stanley Cup, I would be buying a team jersey of theirs embroidered with the number 17 on the back for 2017 and Stanley as the nameplate. And I would wear that in all of my NHL-themed videos starting next season. I wouldn't have it in time for any of the expansion draft stuff that we're going to do. But for all of next season, I would wear that jersey. So obviously, Edmonton is out now. So Ottawa's the last best chance. But if Ottawa wins the Stanley Cup this season, I will be wearing an Ottawa Senators jersey, number 17, Stanley, in all of my NHL videos next season. So if you really want to see that, you better cheer for the Senators. 
Back to our Con Smythe conversation. Uh, if you're talking about the Nashville Predators, it's got to be Pekka Rinne, and he's probably the only goaltender, certainly of the remaining goaltenders, that would really be in the conversation at this point anyway, to win the Con Smythe. Pekka Rinne is 8-2, a 1.37 goals against average, and a 9.51 save percentage. Sparkling numbers across the board for Pekka Rinne, playing some of the best hockey of his career. If there's going to be an argument against Pekka Rinne at this point anyway for winning the Conn Smythe, of any goaltender featured in the second round, he has faced the fewest amount of shots. Now, unfortunately, you have to kind of hold that against the goaltender because it's a workload thing. Nashville's been playing some incredible defense, keeping the opposing team shot totals low. But at the same time, it has to be an argument against the goaltender vis-a-vis -vis who would win the Conn Smythe. But Pekka Rene would definitely be the front runner for the Predators. If you're looking for a dark horse here, we go back to Pittsburgh. How about Jake Gensel? What a series Jake Gensel, or what a couple of series at this point, Jake Gensel has been having. He leads the NHL with nine goals in these playoffs, and three of them are game winners. That has him tied for the league lead in terms of game-winning goals. So if you're looking for a dark horse from the Pittsburgh Penguins, definitely, definitely Jake Gensel having himself an incredible playoff. And on Anaheim, really, you have like a handful of Anaheim players who could make the case at this point to being the front runner from their team for the Conn Smythe. Obviously, you've got Getzlaff leading the way, 15 points. He's the number three scorer in these playoffs. Corey Perry, he's only got two goals. Both of them have been game-winning goals. He has played clutch hockey in the first two rounds. Jakob Silferberg is also a point a game. So you got a couple of potential contenders there. We got to see in the third round and then potentially into the Stanley Cup final if they get there, which one of those players really breaks out. So who do you think at this point is the front runner to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Now again, obviously we're not going to know for weeks yet. It'll depend who wins the cup, but if you had to pick a Conn Smythe winner, gun to your cranium right now, who's your Conn Smythe winner and why? All right, folks, enough stalling prediction time. Here we go. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference final prediction. Let's do it. The Eastern Conference Final features a pair of number two seeds, one from the Met and one from the Atlantic. The Metropolitan number two seed, Pittsburgh Penguins, will be playing host in this series, so they get home ice advantage in a potential Game 7, playing host to the number two seed in the Atlantic Division, the Ottawa Senators. Now, both of these teams are 8-4 and four so far in these playoffs, both series having gone to six games for both teams. Pittsburgh scoring 3.42 goals per game in these playoffs. They are the highest scoring team remaining in these playoffs, allowing an average of 2.58 goals against. The Senators, an equal 8-4, 2.83 goals scored per game, 2.75 goals allowed. Their scoring has stayed incredibly, incredibly close, giving them the nickname from me and from some other people, the Cardiac Kids, and we'll talk about that again a little bit later. Season series between these two teams, there were only three games played as they were in different divisions. Ottawa winning two of those three games, one of them in a shootout, scoring between the two teams and even 10 goals scored apiece. On Pittsburgh's side, Evgeny Malkin and Brian Rust both leading the way in those three games with four points apiece. Eric Carlson absolutely chewed up the Penguins this season. Seven points in three games against Pittsburgh. 
I'm no mathematician, but I believe that means that Eric Carlson was involved in 70% of Ottawa's goals against Pittsburgh this past season. Overall in these playoffs, Evgeny Malkin, as he did in the first round, leading the way in terms of scoring 18 points in 12 games for Malkin, 5 goals, 13 assists, number one scoring player in these playoffs. Eric Carlson, obviously, leading the way for Ottawa, 2 goals, 11 helpers for 13 points. That has him tied for 7th in playoff scoring. We are going to look at home versus away advantage, but we're going to condense it a little bit, make it a little more rudimentary because look, we're far enough into the playoffs now that all that matters is what's happened in the playoffs so far. So that's all that we're going to look at. In these playoffs, at home, Pittsburgh 4-2. They're outscoring opponents in those games 19-14 across six games. Ottawa an equal 4-2 in these playoffs on the road. Three of those four road wins came in the first round against Boston, and, but they are being outscored by their opponents, and it's worthy to look at this, 14-15. to 15. So they're plus two in terms of games won, but minus one in terms of goals scored. It means they might be a little susceptible to a blowout on the road. Shift the series to Ottawa. Senators were 4-2 and two at home in the first two rounds, outscoring opponents just by the slimmest of margins, 20-18. to 18. Are you starting to understand where Cardiac Kids is coming from? Pittsburgh, an equal 4-2 and two on the road. So in these situations, Pittsburgh at home, Pittsburgh on the road, Ottawa at home, Ottawa on the road, they're all 4-2. and two. They've all won two out of every three games in these situations. Makes for a very interesting series, very even looking series. Pittsburgh again 4-2 and two on the road, outscoring opponents 22-17 to 17 in those six games. Something else I wanted to look at is in what situation was goal scoring higher? So basically what we're looking at is were there more goals scored for and against a particular team in their games at home or in their games on the road? And what I found when I looked into this the situations are basically the same, and what that is, is Ottawa at home and Pittsburgh on the road. In Ottawa's six home games, so far in these playoffs, there have been nine more goals scored than in Ottawa's games on the road against both Boston and the Rangers. And for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has had six more goals scored in their six games away from home than they have in their six games in Pittsburgh. So basically what this means is watch out for those games in Ottawa because they are going to be hella high scoring. And I just used the prefix hella in 2017. Keeping up with the times. X-Factor time. Biggest X-Factor that I see here for Pittsburgh is who was the backup goaltender in game seven? It was Matt Murray. So Matt Murray's cleared. He's back. And you gotta wonder if there's any temptation on Mike Sullivan's side or how quickly, how bad of a situation would it have to get for Mike Sullivan and the Pittsburgh Penguins to go back to Matt Murray. Look, Matt Murray, on his career, it's a very brief career, it's a small sample size, but this kid has been dynamite. In the regular season, career 2.32 goals against average, and a 925 save percentage. That's in the regular season. 
in the playoffs, his goals against average drops down to 2.08, and his save percentage stays basically the same at 9.23. Incredible career numbers for Matt Murray. But how quickly do they go back to Matt Murray? And is there any temptation to just immediately go back to Matt Murray, despite how good Marc-Andre Fleury has been in these playoffs? And he's been very good. 2.55 goals against average. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And a 9.27 save percentage. Flower has been unbelievable for Pittsburgh so far in these playoffs. But you got to ask yourself, now that Murray is there, and of course the expansion draft is looming, and what's Pittsburgh going to do with their goaltending situation there? I know what I think they should do, but what are they going to do there? So all of these things, it's all noise. It's all mental strain and fatigue. So you got to wonder how quickly Pittsburgh might go back to Matt Murray if things start to go a little south against Ottawa. Biggest X factor here for the Senators, we kind of talked a little bit earlier about the Cardiac Kids label that I've given to Ottawa, and here's why. Okay, Ottawa's only played, what, 12 playoff games, right? Two series that have gone to six. Nine of those 12 games have been one-goal games. Now, Ottawa is 7-2 and two in those games, so they've done incredibly well in one-goal games. But that's three out of every four games are only being decided by one goal. And you're up against a Pittsburgh team that is the highest scoring team left in these playoffs. They only had about half as many one-goal games. They only had five in the first two rounds. They're above 500 in those games at three and two. So is the Cardiac Kids um, game plan, I don't even really, I can't, you can't really, it's, it's unfair, I guess, to call it a game plan. But, like, the, playing like these cardiac kids and, like, these low-scoring one-goal games, is something like that sustainable against a team like Pittsburgh that has so many offensive weapons and their goaltender is playing so well right now? Is something like that sustainable against this Penguins team? I don't think you're going to have a lot of one-goal games in this series, I'll be perfectly honest. So, Otto, if Ottawa's shooting for that, if that's what they're trying to do, you got to ask whether or not it's sustainable or possible against this Pittsburgh team. Ladies and gentlemen, your Eastern Conference champion moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals for the second year in a row will be the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've got Pittsburgh winning this series in six games. I think Pittsburgh takes the first two games at home, very good home team all season, and they've continued to be that at home in these playoffs. I think it's a 2-0 series lead for Pittsburgh. Ottawa comes back, probably wins game three in Ottawa, but Pittsburgh has played well enough on the road that I think Pittsburgh wins one of those two games, either games three or four. I'm going to give them game four. I figure game four, it's a 3-1 series lead at this point for Pittsburgh. Ottawa goes back into Pittsburgh for game five. I like Ottawa to win that game. They've played well enough on the road, their results anyway, well enough on the road that they should win one of those games in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to give them game five in Pittsburgh. Game six, it comes back to Ottawa, but I like Pittsburgh to win that game in Ottawa. They are susceptible at home. Again, their numbers aren't great either really on the road or at home in terms of goals scored, goals against. One of these games, I just see Pittsburgh blowing them out like an 8-3 
or a 7-2 or something like that. I just, I feel a blowout coming here at some point. I just think Pittsburgh's got too much. For the second year in a row, I like the Penguins to go to the Stanley Cup final. I'll take Pittsburgh in six games to win the Eastern Conference. But who are they going to play? Your Western Conference final, and you know what? God damn it. Let's just go ahead and do it. It's David versus Goliath. Ah. Your Pacific Division champion, Anaheim Ducks, going through the first two rounds. Edmonton took them to seven. It was a great series, but Anaheim prevailed. Kind of got the monkey off their back in terms of playoff game sevens at home. They won their division. They earned that right. They used home ice advantage, and they got it. Anaheim going to the Western Conference Final as the Pacific Division champion. They are 8-3 and three in these playoffs, scoring an average of 3.18 goals per game, but giving up an average of 3 per game. Now that, of course, takes into account the Edmonton blowout in Game 6. But 3.18 goals scored, 3 goals against. Taking on the feel-good story of these playoffs, Smashville, baby, the Nashville Predators, 8-2. and two. The hottest team in these playoffs, 2.8 goals scored per game, only 1.4 goals allowed per game. Nashville's playing my kind of hockey. Defense, incredible goaltending. Nashville is playing Justin's brand of preferred hockey. Season series between these two teams was much the same as Ottawa-Pittsburgh. They only played each other three times. Anaheim winning two of those three games. Scoring was even in those games, 9-9, nine to nine, and one of them ended in a shootout. Getzlaff, Vatanen, and Fowler all had three points each in those three games against Nashville in the regular season. Philip Forsberg and James Neal also had three points each in the three games against Anaheim. In these playoffs, we talked about Ryan Getzlaff, the number three scoring player in these playoffs. 15 points, 8 goals, 7 helpers. Again, number three scorer in these playoffs. Nashville, Ryan Ellis leading the way for the Predators. 4 goals, 5 helpers for 9 points. It's worth mentioning as well, Ryan Johansson also has 9 points, 2 goals, and 7 helpers. We take a look at home and away. Anaheim's got home ice advantage. We'll start the series in Anaheim. Anaheim 4-2 and two at home in these playoffs. So two of their three losses have come at home. And they're only outscoring opponents 16-15 to 15 in those games. Now, that takes into account a couple of not-so-great home games. But 16-15... to 15, that's the scoring in Anaheim's home games. Nashville, 3-2 and two in these playoffs on the road, scoring 13 goals, only giving up 8 goals in 5 road games. We move the series to Smashville, where no team has exercised more home ice advantage than have the Nashville Predators. An undefeated 5-0 and oh in Nashville in these playoffs, outscoring opponents 15-6. to six. Was that... Was that... Hang on. What was that? What was that second number? The second number was six. Six goals against in five games. Anaheim, to their credit, have played five road games. They're four and one in those games. They've played very well on the road in these playoffs, but they're only outscoring opponents 19 to 18. Now that does take into account the blowout loss in Edmonton in game six. So you take, if you take that game out, their one loss, 
they've played incredibly well on the road. But, I mean, you can't just kind of pick and choose which games you're not going to take into account. They gave up seven goals, so you have to take it into account. They're 4-1, and one, but the scoring's only 19-18. to 18. In the five Anaheim Ducks games this playoff not played in Anaheim, six more goals have been scored. So scoring is up when the games are away from Anaheim. Interestingly enough, you look at Nashville's numbers, the scoring is the same. Now it's tilted a little more in Nashville's favor when they're at home, but Nashville's five home games, 21 goals scored. Nashville's five road games, 21 goals scored. So the scoring there is even, the tilt is just a little more in Nashville's favor when they're at home, if you want to call this a tiebreaker. Nashville is plus nine in those five games at home. They're only plus five in their five road games. Biggest X factor that I see here for the Ducks is the effectiveness of that so-called shutdown line, the one that Todd McClellan fought so hard to keep Connor McDavid away from. Because we all know Randy Carlisle, a notorious matchup coach, and that's that's the coaching style that he has, notorious for being a matchups-based coach. But that shutdown line, and we're talking about, when we talk about the shutdown line, we're talking about Ryan Kessler's line. Ryan Kessler between Andrew Cogliano and Jakob Silferberg, who has had himself a hell of a playoff. But that's the line we're talking about. That line, for being a shutdown line, has a combined 21 points. That's pretty good in terms of their scoring, but they're only a combined plus three in terms of their plus minus. And Ryan Kessler himself is even money. So you've got to assume, if you can get into Randy Carlisle's head, the line that he is going to pit Kessler's line against is going to be that top-scoring line for Nashville, that being Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, and Victor Arvidsson. And they are playing incredibly well in these playoffs. They've combined for 22 points, and they're a plus 29. Just between those three players, a plus 29. I'll say it again, a plus 29. That's pretty damn good for only having played 10 games. That's pretty damn impressive. But it doesn't stop there for Nashville. Once again, balanced scoring all season. That's been the name of the game for the Predators, and it's how they found success. Their top four defensemen are combined 27 points and a plus 20. So it's not just the top scoring line. Nashville has been getting so much production from their back end, and it's not just their top defensive pair either, it's the top two pairs, Subban, Yossi, Ellis, and uh, Matthias Ekholm. Sorry, I lost it again there for a second. But those top four defensemen, they're getting production. It's probably sad that Nashville's likely gonna lose one of them in the expansion draft, but again, they're, they're really producing. So it's not just the top scoring line for Nashville that's generating points. It's going to be a huge task for this Kessler shutdown line, quote-unquote, especially when they're scoring points, but they're getting scored on almost as much as they are generating offense. That's going to be something to watch out for big time in this series. Biggest X factor here for the Predators, we go back to that, again, that notion of balanced scoring, and they had balanced scoring all season long, but can they keep pace with the consistency of a team like Anaheim? And if possible, Anaheim has more balanced scoring than does Nashville. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Anaheim's got two players in these playoffs, Getzlaff and Silverberg, who are point-a-game players. 
and they've got nine players who are at least a half point a game. So good for a point every couple of games. Nashville has no players that are a point a game. And to their credit, they have seven players who are at least a half point a game. But Anaheim holds the edge on them in these terms. So can Nashville, again, who really lives and dies on a balanced scoring attack, can they keep up with the consistency? Ladies and gentlemen, your Western Conference champion going to the Stanley Cup final is the Nashville Predators. Before I give the full prediction, uh, I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Everybody that watches me knows that. I mean, I wear Moosehead stuff, but I'm a Canadiens fan through and through. And I'm going to say this for posterity. And any Habs fan that doesn't feel this way, I think you need to reevaluate what your priorities are. I want nothing more in these playoffs, even more so than Ottawa winning the Cup and the Cup coming back to Canada, even though it's the Canada 150 and, and everything like that. I want nothing more out of these playoffs than for P.K. Subban to win the Stanley Cup. There's nothing that I want more than for Subban to win the Stanley Cup. And this is a message directly to P.K. Subban, who I know, of course, watches all of my videos. You know, why not? P.K. Subban is an incredible player. And he's a better person. And I think any Habs fan that is being honest with themselves... We may like Shea Weber, we may love Shea Weber, but we miss P.K. Subban. We do. He was, he could be the face of the league because of his personality. And no matter what Mike Milbury says, you know, eat it. Um, he's, he was sort of the guy. He was, I almost looked at him as right up there with Carey Price as the face of the franchise. And there's nothing more that I want than for P.K. Subban to win the Stanley Cup and bring the Stanley Cup to Montreal to that children's hospital as a way of saying, like, look, chase your dreams no matter what happens. I have not forgotten about you. I am still here for you. I am still here for the city of Montreal. And even if he doesn't win the Cup, as a member of the Montreal Canadiens, there's nothing I want more than for P.K. Subban to win the Stanley Cup. Now that we got the sentimentality out of the way, I like the Nashville Predators to win this series. The underdogs do it again. I like the Predators in seven games. I think they split those first two games in Anaheim. I think Nashville comes right out. Game one, pops the ducks in the mouth, wins game one. Anaheim comes back to even the series up at one apiece in game two. Nashville wins games three and four in Nashville because, look, it's Smashville. They win those two games. The Predators lead this series three games to one after four games. Anaheim comes back on home ice. They win game five. Anaheim goes to Nashville in game six, and Anaheim wins game six in Nashville. They've been good enough on the road that they're going to win a game in Nashville. I have it being game six to tie the series up at three, game seven in Anaheim. The Ducks are not winning two game sevens at home in the same playoffs. Not happening, not happening, not happening. Nashville goes into Anaheim game seven. They win that game. 
Pecorine is a brick wall. The defense does what they need to do, generating that offense, setting up a Stanley Cup final matchup of the Pittsburgh Penguins looking to defend their championship versus the Nashville Predators, a wild card two team that never should have been there looking for the first championship in franchise history. So that's my Stanley Cup final, folks. I've got Nashville and Pittsburgh as my cup final. What is your cup final? How are your predictions doing so far in the playoffs? Hopefully you're doing better than my seven and five, but how are your predictions doing so far? What is your Stanley Cup final? Who is your Con Smythe front runner? All that, put it in the comments section below. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. For football fans on my channel, make sure you subscribe to the Hatbox Nation YouTube channel. I'm going to put it in the description of the video below. I've been doing a week-long top 50 dynasty fantasy football players for 2017. Make sure you check that out. Just subscribe to Hatbox Nation. All kinds of great football content all season long and all off season long. Make sure you subscribe to that. Enjoy the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're ever so close to the cup final and crowning a cup champion. I think it's either going to be Pittsburgh for a second year in a row or Smashville for the first time ever. That's what I think. What do you think? Enjoy the games and we'll see you next time.